right. Hello, everyone. It's time for another edition of the Saturday Daily Fantasy Special Podcast. I'm Matt Harmon from Yahoo here. And of course, I'm joined by 444's own TJ Hernandez. TJ, what's going on, man? Uh, Mr. Harmon, good to talk to you. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday where we got a, um, a bunch of very exciting players that um, won't, be on, won't be on our slate. So we don't yeah. get to use them this week. But uh, it's been a fun news day. Yeah, we will not be talking much about Odell. We will not be talking. Well, we, don't, we probably won't talk about Odell at all. We might mention Cam here for a hot second later on. But uh, yes, none of them will matter, at least for this week. Yeah, dude, it's like 2015 all over again, man. What a, what a, great, uh, <laughs> what a great week in the NFL. Yeah, uh, it will be a lot of um, uh, used to be star power in the headlines, and hopefully uh, we can find some star power in DFS. Yeah, let's just uh, keep it moving. All right, uh, any grand view takeaways you want to get off your chest here before we start with the uh, with the players, or should we just jump right into it? Uh, I mean, week ten is um, setting up a player that we're, we're talking about. We haven't had like the proverbial free square in DFS this year, <clears throat> basically just like that smash spot running back that is near minimum salary that's going to be in like half of lineup. Mm-hmm. So uh, because we haven't had that this year, I think um, probably especially newer players haven't really had to um, wrestle too much with the idea of fading such a popular player or just understanding how um, it's going to play out in terms of that a lot of roster constructions are going to look very similar because a lot of people are just going to be taking that free running back, you know, paying up for the pass catchers and and quarterbacks in, in good spots. And what that's going to do is it's going to make it very different from a roster construction standpoint, especially in tournaments, in terms of how we're trying to lower our average roster rate. So when you have a player that's going to be in 40, 50% of lineups, we still need to hit that sweet spot of like a, a 15% average roster rate. So you're going to have some, you're going to want to have some players, especially in large field, large field things like the baller where you're, we always have guys that we feel really uncomfortable with, but to get it down to like an average of 15%, you might have to have one or two guys in your lineups that there's just no metrics pointing to them really having a good game. So just understanding the concepts of leverage, understanding salary pivots and, and not necessarily just looking for like high scoring games, things like that. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Tried to take that approach for a few of my picks, uh, and I know you did as well. So it'll be interesting as we kind of dive through that as we go. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's go right into quarterbacks here. Your uh, top-priced guy is Josh Allen, who has been – I mean, come on, man. The Bills, like, let's get it together here, all right? I I remember – this is no shade to Kyle Brandt, but he posted a tweet like – a couple of weeks ago, like oh, the bills basically have a month long buy where they get the, uh, they have a bye week <laughs> and then they got yeah. the dolphins, uh, the Jags and the jets tough yep. scene here, uh, for basically the last two of those weeks, but especially last week. Yeah. Uh, coming out of the bye, struggled against Miami and then finally kind of got it going in the fourth quarter. And then obviously we all saw the debacle last week. I mean, I'm, I'm not hitting the panic button on Buffalo mm-hmm. quite yet. Like a lot of people already are with Kansas city. I know there's a ton of talk about like all these, you know, two shell defenses against teams like the bills and, and the chiefs. And if they can't run the ball against them, then, then, teams are, are going to keep playing that. I mean, I don't think we're at that scenario yet with um, the Bills. They still have a ton of weapons. They still have uh, arguably the best, one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the league. And this isn't a Jets defense that uh, I, I think that we need to worry about them being able to contain Buffalo in that way. The Jets are 30th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterback their bottom 10 in adjusted sack rate. So they're going to have uh, trouble getting after Josh Allen. And then just from a 
DFS standpoint, we have a huge gap between the really expensive quarterbacks and the guys like in like the $30 range. We have three $40 guys. I mean, I think we have like a $32 or $33 mm-hmm. guy, but no one in that like 30 range that I don't think is even close to Josh Allen, Dak, and and Brady in terms of projections. So if we're going to look at those three $40 guys, we have some cheap players that we can uh, use to be able to afford a $40 salary. Give me the guy that's going to have the rushing upside that isn't possibly going to be losing touches and, and touchdowns to their running backs like Dak and Brady might, even though Brady to a lesser extent, but definitely have that concern for Dak. He can always mm-hmm. uh, lose some touchdown equity to his backs. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Look, like the Bills like have to get right in this game. And I mean, it. you know, look, maybe they don't. And, and that's another conversation, obviously. But mm-hmm. I would say... If Josh Allen is just like if he had has been playing better this year, we're not having this conversation like this whole too high defense right. thing is starting to get a little bit of like a just a trope, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think like and also it's worth noting Dawson Knox coming back this week is a huge addition, I think, for this mm-hmm. passing game. We don't I talked about this with the podcast with Dalton yesterday. Like we don't talk about it that way because we didn't expect Dawson Knox to be like an integral part of this passing offense but he did become that you know and opening up the middle of the field will help a lot against this style of defense that is apparently flummoxing uh this offense along with every other offense in the entire NFL uh so yeah I I think that is a pretty big deal if it sounds like Dawson Knox was upgraded to full practice today like he'll probably play this week yeah and and I mean uh uh, more of their struggles they've been missing a couple offensive linemen I'm not sure if they're getting them back um this week but if they can get that offensive line short up a little bit that'll help as well Shouldn't be as big of a deal, though, against the Jets. I mean, that team got right, freaking exactly. boat raced by the Colts <laughs> yeah. last week. Yeah. This feels yeah. like a thousand years ago, but uh, it's worth remembering. Um, all right. I will move on here to my top pick at quarterback. Uh, I agree with you kind of in, in your analysis that, like, it, there's a pretty big drop off after these, like, $40 behemoths here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like, Kyler Murray probably not going to play. And then if you're going to go mm-hmm. down to the... 30 range I do think Justin Herbert is interesting and I kind of wanted to use him as a way to talk about all of the pass catchers too because I know we talked about these Eagles uh, the Eagles matchup last week being a really big boon for uh, Keenan Allen especially that came to fruition I mean the guy was you know a receptions monster this looks like the right matchup for Mike Williams provided that he's fully healthy looks like the right matchup for Mike Williams to get going because dude, this Vikings defense is so banged up. Daniel Hunter uh, is out for the season. Uh, Patrick Peterson also out. Uh, These guys, these clowns basically that are running out there at the cornerback position. I think Mike Williams can get a couple big plays here Uh, provided that he's healthy. It looks like a good matchup for this Chargers offense here. And just a good, I think this is just a really good game to be attacking with any types of stacks, whether you want to be uh, stacking Justin Herbert, whether you want mini stacks with Mike Williams and, and another pass catcher from uh, Minnesota, a 53-point over-under, as you mentioned, all of those injuries for the Vikings um, and, and Chargers. Uh, I, I think that uh, if they do get Mike Williams going, that's what we want to see to get back to that. Like, there are are and can be a very explosive offense. Um, Obviously missing that early season piece for Mike Williams, but teams, even when the Vikings were healthy, they've been a defense that you've been able to attack with the deep ball. Um, So not healthy should be even more so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Worth noting too, for that 
for bringing it back in that game too. Justin Jefferson, like there's definitely a, a squeaky meal, a, oh squeaky wheel narrative this week is like, or at least like the offensive coordinator, Kubiak 2.0 said like, we can't have him have the few targets in a game. So I, I really, I agree with right. you. I love that game from a fantasy perspective. Now, if you want to go cheap at quarterback, we're going to talk about some couple of gross options here, but I'll let you lead off the way here with your, with your uh, value quarterback. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater at $21 against Philadelphia. And speaking of Justin Herbert and the Chargers, we saw them play against Philadelphia last week. Tons of targets to the tight end, tons of targets to Keenan Allen. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I think he can attack them with a healthy Jerry Judy, with a healthy Noah Fant. Um, Those are the pieces that can really help attack that short to intermediate passing game. And just having Teddy with all of his healthy pass catchers, obviously we saw Tim Patrick have a nice game last week. Corlin Sutton hasn't been utilized as much, but the point is having all four of those guys including judy and fant on the field i think really is uh they they can really attack this uh philadelphia defense we've seen even before with with um before judy came back a couple weeks ago we've actually seen teddy bridgewater's average depth of target come down in recent weeks it was towards the top of the league uh in the first five or six weeks in the season kind of uh middling now over the past three weeks and that that does line up though with how to attack philadelphia their bottom Mm -hmm. 10 in qbr allowed on passes under 15 yards so i i like him especially again especially with judy and fan this week yeah, I, I'm talking about Judy a little bit later, so I'll save that. But it's a good, it's a good theoretical matchup for these guys, no doubt about it. Woof, Ben Roethlisberger, twenty-two bucks, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know. I'm listening. I know. Ben Roethlisberger, like it's a tough watch, right? I mean, it is like a stone cold yeah. lock. Anybody gets near this guy, uh, and he does that pump. Bet the mortgage. He's going down on that play. He is getting sacked. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny because he used to be like the most escape uh, escapability quarterback in the NFL. And now yep. it's just, this is where we're at. Uh, but Hey man, we like Deontay Johnson this week. Obviously Pat Fryermuth is coming on as well. Like we also like Najee Harris this week. It's one of those things where it's gonna trickle to Ben Roethlisberger. If you like all these guys, you got to also like the quarterback, the distributor, no chase Claypool likely. So again, we'll talk about that when we talk Deontay Johnson, but if you're trying to save at quarterback, I do think Ben's a pretty good floor play. Yep, and we've seen this, uh, we, we've talked about this before, we've actually seen it specifically with Teddy Bridgewater, that if you're playing in these large field tournaments and you're paying all the way down for someone like a Ben Roethlisberger, you can take down the tournament. You don't need 35 points from a, what is he, $22? Yeah. Yeah, you don't need 35 points. Like, if he gets you 22, 23 points, you're going to be in the mix as long obviously you need your ceiling guys to hit. But the point of playing someone like a Roethlisberger is so you can roster, you know, an extra stud over the field. Whereas if everybody is paying up for quarterback, they might not necessarily be able to get to that second expensive uh, pass catcher, maybe even like third expensive running back or something like that. Yeah, there's so many quality options. Again, it feels like at wide receiver in that twenty five, twenty three dollar yeah. range. That if you want to have access to a lot of those players, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to maybe swallow the Ben Roethlisberger pill there. And uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to running backs. Uh, I mentioned uh, the Chargers earlier. This is obviously one of your picks here. Austin Eckler at $32. Uh, Chargers are at home as three and a half point favorites. And I mean, you mentioned that if this is a spot to, to get Mike Williams going, but what we've seen in recent weeks is that 
points have been heavily concentrated between Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Um, Eckler obviously gets a ton of usage in the past game, 5.6 targets per game. And since coming out of that bye week, he has had backfield shares of 71% and 80%. He's getting a, a ton of work um, near the goal line, including targets near the goal line. So in this game with an over under a 53 points with the Chargers favored with a 28 point implied point total, he's obviously going to get workload comparable to uh, backs that are often even more expensive than his $32, but he does have scoring upside to go with it too in this game. Yeah, there's just basically, I don't think, any wrong answers in this game. I kind of feel like you yeah. can go any different direction. And, um, you know, same with Dalvin Cook, obviously, going against the Chargers defense. So definitely makes sense to also pivot to Eckler. I feel like Cook will probably end up being popular. Uh, therefore, pivoting to Eckler might be the smart play there. Uh, one guy who I know is going to be super popular, but it's going to be hard not to play, is James Conner at $21. Yeah. Caught all five of his targets last week. I expect that workload. And this is the thing with James Conner. Uh, as much as people want to dog on James Conner, I think, number one, he's looked pretty good this year to me. I think he has yeah. played well. Take his yards per carry and throw that thing in the trash because it's like he's banging against the goal line so much. He's popping yeah. in like two-yard touchdowns. That's Guess what? Uh, smart smart fellows that's going to bring down your overall <laughs> yeah. yards per carry yeah. uh, but yeah. I think he's looked good he also has histories as a three down back like we know that mm-hmm. from his Pittsburgh days uh, even just as far away as last year he was a three down back for the Steelers yeah. so um, I feel like he'll be an 80% snap player even if like matchups or whatever like matchups aside that much volume at $21 is just pretty hard to go away from yeah and I mean I guess you, you kind of take the matchup with the grain of salt this one. They're just going to lean on him so much, especially if it, it looks like it's going to be um, Colt McCoy with, with uh, Kyler probably most likely still missing, like you said. Um, it's just going to make a ton of sense to for the Cardinals to lean on James Conner here. Yeah, and like, why not rest Murray for a couple of weeks? Like, you can afford it. Right. You can afford it. You built up so much of a lead now at this point because mm-hmm. you're 8-1. and one. Like, why not just continue to do this thing? All right. Another player, I feel like this is probably one of these um, like leverage spots that you mentioned earlier. Uh, like not a, that, yeah. that, that like uh, there's no I mean, there's obviously reasons, right? Like Dallas is, you know, somewhat exploitable on defense, but still Cordero Patterson playing kind of a weirdo role. $22, yeah. though. I feel like this is probably one of those players you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And, and this is one of those games where I actually don't know how much people end up landing on the Falcons, even though the game does have a 50 point, 55 point over under. I'm sorry, Dallas, they are very big favorites and a lot of people are going to be rostering that side of the ball. And I, I think people are probably just a, a little trepidatious about rostering any of the Falcons because even though Patterson is getting 15 opportunities per game with half of those being targets, I, I think people are still just a little nervous about the offense as a whole. Um, but I like Patterson specifically because he offers lots of, you could, you could use him in full correlations. If you decide to roster Cowboys, you could just use him as a mini stack. If you just want to roster him with like opposite of um, Zeke or even opposite, of just like one of the pass catchers. And I like him because if you do use him as a unique bring back option in Dallas stacks specifically, People are typically using bring back options to use use a quarterback and a pass catcher with a a pass catcher from the opposing team. Cordero is very unique because he 
kind of is that, but you're yeah. putting him in your running back spot. So it's just like, it's just this weird correlation thing that I don't think people are necessarily going to think of because when they see the position designation to it, it's next to it. It's just not something that people dif- uh, typically do, but it makes a lot of sense because of how Corderell is used. And obviously he's going to have scoring upside because there should be so much scoring in this game. Dude, Patterson's role is so crazy. I mean, yeah. last week especially, like his big plays came like on downfield targets that he won in like mm-hmm. the contested areas. <laughs> I mean, what yeah. <laughs> what is going on? Like he could do anything basically on offense. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's at 20. Remember he was like, uh, well, how expensive was he a couple of weeks ago? Like he was like much higher than this. I think he got up to like 28 or 29. Yeah. So like getting him yeah. down at 22 when his role yeah. has... It's t- I mean, again, it's tough to nail down, but like it's expanded in some ways or he yeah. is more of a central figure in this offense than ever. I feel like at 22, it just makes so much sense. Um, yeah. A player that is obviously going to make a lot of sense. And we got to talk about this one is Dearness Johnson, $13. You know, last time we saw him sans Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. He took 22 carries for 146 yards and a touchdown with two catches on two targets for 22 yards mm-hmm. against the Denver Broncos. Obviously, this matchup with New England, you know, again, take it or leave it at 13 bucks. If you have the chance to get 20 plus carries, which if Nick Chubb is not activated off the COVID list, you got a real good good shot at it yeah. it's really tempting to just jam him into every lineup yeah I, th- I mean this is one of again this is one of those plays that we haven't really had this year where depending on on the tournament he can be even in the larger field stuff like the baller i think he ends up in like at least 40 percent of lineups it's not a conversation of whether or not you play him it's a conversation of like whether or not you fade him at all i think if you're playing any type of small field game like if you're playing some kind of 200 person contest it just doesn't make sense to to fade him cuz he's going to be in in so much of the field that even if he busts you're going to be fine in large field stuff i think if you're fading him which i mean you know in obviously if he's in 50% of lineups and doesn't do good you could jump a lot of the field if you're fading him, I don't think you you don't want to middle it, which means I don't think you want to do it just to get like a different cheap running back and still end up with the same lineup as everybody else. The lineup people that use a uh, lineup with uh, Dearness Johnson are going to be very clear. They're going to probably have cheap Dearness with expensive passing games, expensive pass catchers. If you're not going to play him, you should do it to completely change the roster construction and probably roster like two relatively expensive running backs with some middling or even cheap uh, wide receivers and pass catchers because that's just not going to be a popular build. And it's just, it's it's easy to think about. If, De- if Dearness is going to be in everything, no one's going to have two or even three expensive running backs. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Uh, yeah, you can go with like Roethlisberger as your quarterback or Bridgewater as your quarterback right. and then like try to jam in CMC and Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler exactly. and Dalvin Cook, like that yeah. type of thing. Yeah, nobody's going to have those combos. Right. And that's what you need to be thinking about if you're getting off Dearness. You need to be able, you need to have these players that are obviously they have huge workloads, but people just aren't paying for them this week. Yeah. And I mean, like the other potential free square running backs are like Brandon Bolden. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't even know what, like I, people like might be playing um, Singletary, but he's not even that cheap. I think he's 17. Yeah. So it's not really not uh, uh, apples to apples comparison. No, yeah, not the same. Or they're messing around with the Titans guys. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. <laughs> That's a whole nother situation. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. The mm-hmm. best position, the most fun position to discuss. I talked about Ben Always. Roethlisberger uh, earlier. 
Tell me about Deontay Johnson at 23. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a player that he is seeing so much volume and, and it's not, it's not a lot of like, obviously not deep targets, not a ton of touchdown equity um, in this offense lately, but he's still seventh in targets per game on the season. He's second in target share over the last month. And Detroit is last in fantasy points per pass attempt allowed. They're 31st in QBR allowed on passes under 15 yards. And obviously, you know, you think about Deontay and short targets, but that's just this team. Ben LaRoethlisberger just really doesn't have the capacity to throw it that deep anymore. I mean, when you have a, a team that has chase claypool with an 11 yard average depth of target like that kind of tells you the limitations of the offense <laughs> like this is a guy <laughs> yeah that's your deep threat and you know he's in any other offense he's probably seen like a 16 yard depth yeah. of target and they just don't do that they just can't do that in this offense and then another thing that um or again recording this on thursday Najee Harris popped up with a midweek injury report. So mm. if somehow he is out or limited, I mean, obviously people are going to be looking at another free square running back, but it just might be all, let's just attack Detroit through the air. And if that happens, that's a huge day for Deontay. Right, because then they're just back to the Steelers from last year when they didn't have yes, a bell exactly. cow back. Now it's like, oh, Benny, are we going to run Benny Snell 20 times or <laughs> right. are we going to throw right. to Deontay exactly. Johnson like eight, I don't know, 18 times? It's possible, exactly. right? I mean, yeah. this guy it has a 46% share of the air yard since week six his a dots a little bit up this year but like you mentioned mm-hmm. it's mostly just the short stuff because of ben roethlisberger but yeah it's 23 dollars. like i wouldn't be surprised if he's the highest scoring receiver on the board uh because of all the volume he's gonna get yeah and i didn't even mention claypool might not be playing exactly, either so yeah. they could be down Najee and claypool yeah the like the answer to like will chase claypool uh break out in the wake of the juju smith schuster injury has been like no we'll just get more deontay johnson targets yeah, going. yeah. <laughs> i mean pat Fryermuth has has emerged as well uh but yeah. and he's like i think he's like a top 12 tight end rest of season that, that guy's so sure. good uh i don't care about eric ebron like but still Deontay's been the main figure there uh, in the offense. My top pick at receiver high price guy is Mike Evans at 30. Uh, This one's very easy, right? Like Chris Godwin's got a foot situation. He might not play. We'll know more about that tomorrow on Friday. So if you're listening to this on Saturday, like you, you have a better idea uh, of you. Current you has a better idea than current me uh, (laughs) as to who is going to put Chris Godwin's going to be playing or not, but almost regardless, like whether he plays or not, AB just got out of his walking boot. Uh, you know, Gronk is still up in the air. Chris Godwin's out too. Like, that's just like jam Mike Evans into every lineup at, at $30 against Washington, who can't stop blowing coverages. Yeah. And even if, even if Godwin does play like some, and this goes for the same as Najee as well, the midweek injury report is, um, that's never good. An injury that, popped up in mm-hmm. practice uh, again we're recording this on thursday that's not good and i mean i i think some people like sometimes you hear their narrative is you know if godwin is out can they just double my kevin first of all teams just don't double that much and even if they want to like washington just is one of the worst if not the worst pass teams in the league so i don't even think you'd even consider that part of it yeah the amount of like times people get doubled versus the uh the the in comparison to how much people talk about it, it's very, uh, yes. it's very not weighted in the favor of how much it actually happens. So yeah, I mean, right. Mike Evans, get him in there at $30, like either way, one way or another. Um, tell me about Emmanuel Sanders at 14. Yeah. So, I mean, Deontay Johnson, like he was my quote unquote expensive guy, but I mean, these are just two guys yeah. that I really like is just value plays. Emmanuel Sanders is 
all the way down at 14. And that's very reflective of his recent production, but nowhere close to uh, how he's been used lately. I mean, I, I didn't mention with Josh Allen that coming out of the bye, the Miami game and the game last week against the Jaguars, his average throw depth is like under six yards compared to over nine yards in all the games before the bye. Um, I think that's a little bit of product defense, a little bit of product mm-hmm. of them being um, down a couple offensive linemen. But again, this is a Jets team that you can really attack because they aren't good at getting after the pass or they're really bad at defending the pass. Uh, so I actually think they get back to some of those deep targets to Emmanuel Sanders that they've missed on. And I mean, the Bills and the Chiefs to even a lesser extent, just kind of like as an aside here, if either of them hit on like one or two of these long plays, we're not even having these conversations, yeah, right? right? Like that's how... And that's how like infrequent these big plays are that you see the highlight reels of that makes you think they're this amazing offense. Like it's it's maybe one a game, right? So when they don't hit on them, I mean, obviously last week is a very different story against the Jaguars. That was just ugly. But if you know if these offenses hit these plays, then we're just we're not even having these conversations. So Emmanuel Sanders seventh in expected fantasy points over the last three weeks, even with Josh Allen's average target depth being down. He's third among all players on the main slate in expected points or among pass catchers in expected points. So if we look at uh, how teams are going to build, uh, I, I think just because of Diggs' name value, they're naturally going to attach him to Josh Allen in the Josh Allen lineups. Uh, I think a lot of people will play Beasley because Beasley has been seeing a lot of volume because Josh Allen's been throwing a little bit shorter. And then I already kind of mentioned Singletary to a lesser extent. So if you are targeting the team with the highest implied point total on the slate and you're looking for a player that not only could break the slate but can do it at a relatively low salary, again, going back to what we talked about, right? If you're going to roster two expensive running backs and not play Dearness to one of your lineups. Like this is the type of play that you substitute for Dearness to $14, three, 2% of Emmanuel Sanders. That just makes so much sense. I think he, you know, it's a great play for so many different reasons from like just a pure projection standpoint, from a matchup standpoint, from a attachment to good offense standpoint, but also Mm -hmm. the leverage part of it, the, uh, the part where you're, you're differentiating, like, it's just a check, 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 check. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the most valuable piece from this offense, even though he might be the lowest rostered play player in this, in this, uh, in this offense. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you too. Couple things flip, and and we aren't having this conversation about the Bills. Like same thing, Bills and Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have more fundamental issues than the Bills yeah. do right now. Mm-hmm. But like, if th- they could get hot and run hot the rest of November and December, and like we forget this basically ever happened, you know, definitely that's yeah. that is well within uh, the range of outcomes. Uh, my next guy here is Jerry Judy at sixteen. I mean, I think he's just this is like a pricing error. Basically, I think he should mm-hmm. be way higher than this. I know Quentin Sutton is like only fourteen as well, but. I, I don't know. I'm kind of confused as to why, but it, it, whatever. Point being here, Jerry Judy, since he got activated off fire the last two weeks, 12 targets. That's a team high. Mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton's only down there at six. He's behind Albert O yeah. and Tim Patrick, and he would theoretically yeah. be the one that if Darius Slay is going to track somebody around the field, it's going to be Cortland Sutton as the outside receiver. Jerry Judy's like a 75% slot player. This is a team mm-hmm. that we've talked about the last two weeks as, you know, the Eagles, they allow those short eight dot passes. You know, they get like dink and dunk, all that stuff. That's basically Jerry Judy. He's got like a 6.8 eight dot right now. So um, I think he is just a, a really, really high floor player. Uh, and he also has the individual talent to just rip rip one open too. You know, like I think either way, he's going to get a high reception type of projection. But regardless, uh, I think he also has the individual talent to have a huge game as well. 
Yeah, and, and again, going back to kind of my main point of like flipping these builds, if you roster Teddy Bridgewater and Jerry Judy, you're doing it oh, for buddy. $3 less than Josh Allen on his own. Yeah. You know, right, Josh Allen's right. 40, Teddy and Judy together are 37. Um, So it's just a fantastic week to really be thinking about these things. Oh, man, you get uh, Manny Sanders, Jerry Judy, and the Teddy Bridgewater stack right there. Like, you've got... Uh, oh, I love it. You got some You got some money to play with, buddy. You got some... You got, yeah, got some, uh, you can have some fun. You can have some fun with that one. There's This is a really interesting week. Like, I, I don't... I, yeah. I, I, we keep coming back to this whole point as we talk about all these players, which is probably smart. That's like how these DFS shows should run. I mean, what the hell do I know about anything? But uh, like, <laughs> um, it, it is... It all kind of comes back to that idea of building the rosters this week, and there's just so much value at the running back position but there's a lot of value tempting here at wide receiver so it's really you really have to like kind of plant a flag on how you want to do things this week yeah i was yeah i was actually just going to bring up that point because we keep going back to the idea of having so much uh salary to play with whether it is with dearness johnson or you're pivoting off of it i think people that uh you know might be newer to dfs where we've had it's it's been pretty easy this year to lock in a relatively small player pool. Mm-hmm. I mean, this week, pretty much everybody is available to you. So I I do think one of the frustrations in DFS is like, how do I cover all my bases? Like, don't cover all your bases. You just have to take some really hard stands. And there's going to be some players that are in really good spots that just aren't going to be in your player pool. And whatever your process is to narrow that down, you just have to be very comfortable with that before you, especially if you're somebody that's building 50, 100, 150 lineups. Like, if you cover all your bases, you're just not going to be able to um, to have the right combinations most of the time to win. So, yeah, take some stands. If, if uh, these guys, if you want the Jerry Judy, Emmanuel Sanders, and Teddy Bridgewater team, make a lot of those teams and, and fill them in with the players. Don't try to cover every single base. Yeah, it's an interesting week to build lineups, that's for sure. You're always going to feel like you missed something. Um, mm-hmm. Tight ends. Uh, interesting group here this week. This is the one that I struggled with the most. Uh, talk to me about... Hunter Henry at just 15. Well, it's it's an interesting group because we have no Mark Andrews. We have no Kelsey. We have no Waller. I think I'm missing someone else in there. But most of the big no, name uh, tight Kittle, no yeah, Kittle. Kittle. Um, most of the big name tight ends off the slate. So it drives up the uh, expected roster rate of a lot of these guys, like you mentioned, uh, like the Friar Muth types who are good and they're coming on, but we don't have uh, a lot of confidence that they could be super reliable or, or be tournament winners necessarily. So it gives us, I think it's a really good week to just if you want to be super contrarian, if you are going to play Dearness Johnson, do it at the most volatile position. Hunter Henry at $15 in a week where probably like the tight ends that get you like we don't have a lot of high volume tight ends outside of maybe Kyle Pitts. You're looking for touchdowns. And if you are going to be looking for touchdowns, you're looking for correlation. And if we're looking for correlation, why not correlate with the most popular player on the slate? Like the way to find Dearness John leverage off Dearness Johnson this week, you're not going to find another player at a similar salary. We just don't have a sub $15 running back. That makes sense. This isn't a game that you're like going to heavily stack the passing game to try to get leverage off of Dearness Johnson. That doesn't make sense because the that's not what the Cleveland Browns do. And that's not what the New England Patriots do. So why not just take the one guy that only really needs a touchdown to pay off that doesn't need a ton of volume at the position that that's all you need. Correlate him. I, I think he's only a play in your Dearness lineups, but it's a really way to offset that Dearness uh, high roster rate and still get some correlation in there. And like in terms of touchdowns, 
Henry has been on a pretty big role here lately with touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of, he yeah. leads the team in touchdowns. C- can he share with Jacoby Myers for God's sakes? Like, I mean, <laughs> enough Hunter Henry, don't be so freaking selfish. Like, <laughs> but that's a topic for another day. That's a topic for another day. I know we're talking mostly about like kind of cheaper tight end plays here, but I did want to at least advocate for Kyle Pitts, who leads all tight ends with uh, targets of 10 plus yards. Like he is um, getting that great usage. And I think this is the best matchup that he will draw uh, since he's kind of emerged as the clear cut number one threat post Calvin Ridley. Man, like gets the Panthers that one week and Stefan Gilmore like goes to the coaching staff himself and says like let me track this guy around you know he talked about the defensive attention he got in that game last week obviously they have like the the Saints are set up to stop tight ends like they have great safeties they've got great coverage linebackers and they have cornerbacks who can play physical with a big guy like this outside I feel like this is the best spot to kind of go back to him after two slow weeks. But um, I know that that it's going to like that. I feel like is going to be a unique way to build lineups because I think most mm-hmm. people will be on these really attractive tight ends in the, you know, 15 and under range. Yeah, I don't know. Does that make any sense to you? No, it, it does. Because Kyle, like if, if we look at um, I, I think a lot of people expected when when we got the Calvin Ridley news, they expected a huge uptick. And I mean, I, I don't know if Kyle Pitts could have ran any more routes than he already was, but a huge uptick in usage for Pitts and um, Cordero Patterson. Both of their volume and route trend has kind of stayed the same. Again, yeah. Pitts was running about as many routes as you can. But the thing that did change, Kyle Pitts only had a nine yard average depth of target until the, until the buy. And then they had that, the game that Calvin missed um, after the buy. And then obviously Calvin announced he's not playing since the bye week, Kyle Pitts has a 15 yard average depth of target. So if they're sending him way down the field, his production is going to be way more volatile. So as you said, he did have some tough matchups. He had the Panthers thing. He had the saints matchup, but I think people saw him break out a couple weeks ago and then have two duds. And they're just kind of like, Oh, I don't know if he's really worth it. Yeah, he's they're using him in this really high volatility way where it's going to come in spurts. And I and I I tweeted about this yesterday, like this is kind of where the second half of his rookie season using him downfield more like this is kind of where the explosion starts to take place because they're really using him as a player that can take over the game. He just hasn't done it. um, But the usage suggests that he will. Right. And we expect this game to be high scoring. We expect this game mm-hmm. to be pretty good for fantasy. Uh, he is obviously kind of the number one threat there for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, yep. Ricky Seals Jones, $11. Are we getting, is it, are we for sure out on Logan Thomas this week? Is he, is he for sure going to not get activated off IR? We haven't got word that he is. So that was the, the tentative here. Obviously, if, if Logan Thomas comes back, that throws a wrench in this. But um, as of now, as of this recording on Thursday, we have Ricky Seals Jones as our top value on four for four. And this is a player that uh, I think we've probably, t- this might be the third or fourth time we've talked about him, but his oh, salary wow. just, just doesn't come up. Uh, $11. Obviously, there are some concerns about this Washington pass game, but they're playing a Tampa Bay defense. Teams are throwing 74% of the time in neutral situations against Tampa Bay. No other defense is facing a passing rate in neutral situations more than 65% of the time. And uh, that's just neutral situations. This is a spot where Washington should be in a um, relatively uh, um, 
a situation where they should have to throw more than usual if they do fall behind. So Seals Jones at 11 as long as Logan Thomas doesn't come back. Just again, I, I, I know I've talked about Dearness a, a ton and just ways to be different and, and different spots to punt, but I just think it is, as I said up top, it's just such an important thing to focus on because we just haven't had a player that we expect to be this popular this week that kind of our whole strategy should focus around on whether it is a Dearness Johnson lineup or not. 100%. Uh, I'm totally with you uh, on that play. Last guy I'll mention here, Dan Arnold, mm-hmm. $14, yep. team high 30 targets since week five. <laughs> the Jaguars, bro. Like it, It's like the Jamal Agnew and the Dan Arnold show. And like Dan, Man. none of these guys were supposed to even be on the team. Although they got John Brown on the practice squad. So, mm-hmm. dude, you're holding out for give it. Give me two weeks and I'm like, I guarantee we'll be talking about John Brown on the show if he get, gets on the active roster. There's I no, can't wait. I mean, he's probably better than LaVisca Chenault at this point. Good God. Who do not let Twitter hear that. I mean, if they actually <laughs> if they actually played him like they should, I don't know. I don't The LaVisca Chenault thing is a tough, tough break for the guy because I just feel like this coaching staff could not give a single F about how good he could yeah. be. Uh, and it's just not going to happen with, with old Urban and the boys there. But anyways, Agreed. what is going to happen is clearly Dan Arnold is going to happen in this offense. Uh, you know, Definitely just overall, like uh, he's just at this at this price. I think he's a pretty good volume based play. There's no two ways around it. As I said, um, a lot of the big name tight ends are off the slate, so we should be paying down. Um, if you are playing smaller field stuff or even cash games, <clears throat> Dan Arnold makes way more sense over a guy that I mentioned like Hunter Henry, whereas Hunter is just a, a, a player that's barely going to be in any lineups. Um, but Arnold is definitely probably the the safest sub-15 tight end of the week. 47.5 point total on this game, too. It's not like the worst. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst right. in the world. Uh, so, you know, that will be I actually think it could be... A, yeah, I actually think it could be a game that, that people fall into some stacks if they want to get to some some of the higher priced, um, uh, especially the pass catchers or like one or two running backs. Like Dan Arnold, Michael... Pittman, even um, even Carson Wentz. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's expensive, but I just think yeah. there's a lot of players that might be usable in this game. Yeah, I mean, Michael Pittman, $23. He's definitely in that range of guys I was talking about earlier where there's just so, so many attractive plays there. And uh, I think Dan Arnold is like the best in the passing game for Jacksonville. So mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense there. All right, let's talk defenses. Um, you got the Steelers at 16 here. Uh, they're facing Jared Goff, so that makes a lot of sense. They're facing Jared Goff. They're, they're 16. I think this salary should be 20. Um, but it's I know, not right? That's kind of surprising. Yeah. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, like it's it's not low. Any uh, like above fifteen is kind of like on the higher end on Yahoo. But sixteen is still low for a team that's favored by uh, eight points. Detroit has an implied point total under eighteen. Um, they're allowing the third most schedule adjusted opponents to opposing defenses. They're bottom ten in adjusted sack rate allowed. And Steelers actually haven't been able to get after the passer that well this year. Uh, but this is a spot as as big favorites where they should be able to build up a lead, um, get after an offensive line that struggled a bit and a team that has been quite turnover prone this year. I mean, Panay Sewell having to deal with old uh, TJ Watt there. That's not going to be fun. (laughs) Yeah. That's not going to be fun. Is it TJ? I I don't think it will be for Sewell. It will be for Watt. It will definitely not be fun for uh, Jared Goff either. Oh my God. What a, what a nightmare situation. My defense pick here is Cleveland Browns at $13. Mm. Um, you know, New England, in terms of like uh, the sacks allowed, everything like that, it's not horrible, whatever, but it's still a rookie quarterback going into a matchup with Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Malik McDowell's playing extremely well in the middle of that defense too. 
this Browns defense, I think, is just like coming on. Like, I think it's coming yep. on into the form that they imagined when they added a bunch of guys in free agency. You know, that's just they have so much athleticism that they can throw at you from a pass rush perspective. I feel like it will be uh, surprising if Mac Jones isn't forced into a couple mistakes here. Yeah, and Mac Jones is not on defensive ends' good sides right now. So That's I true. Think, uh, That's he's true. got a little extra. All the defenders got a little extra juice for Mac Jones coming uh, right now. Didn't Brian Burns even like say something to that effect? Like, uh, or like you said, you know, defensive ends like watch your ankles or something. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't think Mac Jones is going to have. Uh, any anytime he's he's at home this week, but anytime he goes on the road for the rest of the year, it could be pretty ugly for him. That was a choice. That was a choice by our guy <laughs> Mac Jones there. All right, let's talk flex plays. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. You've got Leonard Fournette at twenty five here. Yep, Leonard Fournette down at twenty five dollars again. We talked about Godwin possibly being questionable, but uh, I mean, there's a chance that if Godwin doesn't play. The Buccaneers are down uh, Godwin, Gronk, and A.B. Still a lot to be determined there. But if that does happen, obviously Mike Evans is a great play, but it also means Mike Evans probably becomes the most popular uh, wide receiver on the slate. Uh, So you get Leonard Fournette down at $25. There's just so many good running backs in in similar spots that uh, I like – Fournette might he'll probably be popular-ish, like maybe like on twelve percent of baller lineups, but I just don't see any way where he ends up being super popular. Uh, four for four is metric high value touches per game, six and a half per game over the last five weeks is tied for the second most among running backs. Obviously, uh, big favorites here against Washington. People are going to be want to um, wanting to attack the Washington passing defense, but Fournette has as much opportunity as any other running back as a big favorite this week. Yeah, I'd actually be kind of surprised if he was that popular just because, um, you know, in the range he's at too. like if you're in that mid to low 20s range at running back, I feel like you end up going down to James Conner at 21 Mm -hmm. Uh, in that range in general. Like he might be the one that that people go for there, whereas like you're either going to go up the range at running back or you're going to go down a little bit there for, you know, Dearest Johnson or Devin Singletary in the in the uh, higher teens there. So we'll see. But yeah, and also like if you're going to attack Washington, you're going to do it with pass catchers, not usually the running back. So I feel like that'll push his roster rate down in general. Um, I went with CMC here at $31. I, I feel like we it's worth the discussion here with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, we've, we've got uh, Cam Newton back with the Panthers, which is so yeah. crazy. Uh, I can't like that really is mind. Blo- I mean, that is freaking mind blowing to me that he is back yeah. with the Panthers because Matt Rule, David Temper, David Tepper really kind of blew the they blew a lot of like goodwill with the fans because of that. But yeah, that's a whole. Yeah, it's like I said, we, we don't need to get into the Cam Newton hour here. But P.J. Walker probably still going to start this game. Um, mm. They have basically said for weeks now, as Sam Darnold was like coming apart at the seams, that they want to establish the run. They get McCaffrey back. McCaffrey was like right back to his usual touch share. Not quite the same amount of snaps last week, but I mean, he was still getting a lot of volume last week. Arizona's defense has been pretty good and getting better, but nevertheless, like, uh, yeah, I, I think that McCaffrey at $31, that's well used to what we're usually paying for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's usually the most expensive player on the slate or one of the most expensive players on the slate. Um, if you can get a player like CMC where you can get anywhere from 25 to even 30 touches at probably on, on maybe 5% of rosters, uh, that's obviously fantastic for tournaments. My only concern just with this game in general is I, I know 
Arizona um, blew the doors off. It was San Francisco last week, right? With Colt McCoy in there. I mean, I'm still concerned from a touchdown upside perspective for both teams that we have a Colt McCoy versus a PJ Walker matchup like that, you know, that, that could be very ugly. So, you know, even if, even if they are leaning on CMC, like are is either offense able to push the other offense and and have touchdown upside. It's not as much as of a concern for a guy like CMC who's getting so much volume as it might be for some, something like a wide receiver or a tight end, but it is something I think we need to be thinking about. Yeah. The Panthers are tied with the Detroit lions for the lowest implied point total on the week so that's really not usually yeah. where you want to be <laughs> you know you're, it's not it's not it's not a death sentence for running backs but uh it, obviously you're, you're capping the upside there yeah i would say so uh all right let's talk about some fades here before we get out of here mm-hmm. uh you've got the chalk tight ends which i feel like you've been leaning into this whole week or this whole discussion here yeah yeah exactly and, and again it's just going back to the idea of having all of the pot or or the the top tier Titans off the slate, even though Waller and Kelsey haven't uh, been performing like top tier t- tight ends lately. Uh, still, like outside of Kyle Pitts, like we don't have a lot of players on the slate at the position that have long track records of consistent usage or consistent upside. So if the chalk is going to land heavily on these Fryer Muth, uh, I'm sorry, Dan Arnold types, it just makes sense to get away from it to go for. Random touchdowns at a very volatile, not random touchdowns, but mm-hmm. chase touchdowns at a very volatile position at low roster rate. So guys like um, like Hunter Henry just make a ton of sense because their their salaries are similar to the most popular guys, and it's just really easy for tight ends to miss. Like we're talking about again, like a, a Dan Arnold, a, a Firemuth, they're in offenses that don't offer a ton of upside in, in passing games um, where they're not the obvious primary target. So even though they've been coming on, um, there's just a lot of volatility at the position. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, All right. Uh, My fade here is the entire Titans Saints game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that we we probably aren't going to get Alvin Kamara this week. I know we didn't really touch on that, but I am still not that tempted to play Mark Ingram. (laughs) Right. right. Uh, That will not be like my value running back move there. Uh, Maybe I look like an idiot for that. And like Mark Ingram, who. I mean, you're shaking your head for the for the listening crowd. TJ is shaking his head like, no, you won't look like an idiot for that. So that's a two touchdowns guarantee for Mark Ingram because of what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I feel like Ingram's looked like he's had a little decent bit of juice. This is a pretty good rushing ecosystem. But I mean, give me a break here. Uh, we know the Saints, uh, the rest of the Saints offense is dust. They didn't sign Odell Beckham. Like we're mm-hmm. going to be dealing with the freaking Deontay. Like people are going to try to make Deontay Harris a thing all year. Enjoy that. Good luck. You know, that's the Saints passing game There's is mostly worthless. Titans running back room, I have like no clarity or lean on that one. I, I might have a better idea of how I feel about those guys after this week, but you can't really run on the Saints anyways. And I don't yeah. think McNichols like is going to get enough volume through the air to ever really be like a standalone play unless he starts also pushing for like 10 to 15 carries. And I don't really see that ever being a thing either, at least certainly not in this matchup. The only guy that's at least interesting is uh, A.J. Brown, who has like a 37% target share the last month. But tough matchup with Marshawn Lattimore. Just don't think this game is going to be very high scoring in general. So I'll probably pass on the A.J. Brown experience this week. Even even if Kamara is out and we're getting, like we think Ingram's going to get 80% of the backfield touches, this offense is, it's so uninspiring that they're, they're kind of, are going to be forced to 
using Taysom quite a bit more, right? And what Taysom's going to do is he's going to limit the upside and the touchdowns of his running backs or maybe even some, some of the pass catchers. Um, so so that makes me not excited about the backfield to begin with. And then on the Titans side of the ball, like I say this a ton in, in, in redraft when we're debating position or um, uh, position groups for teams, like sometimes the answer could just be no, no one, one yeah. right? And I, everyone wants to like, who's going to replace Derrick Henry? Like no one's going to replace Derrick Henry. One, because it's impossible to replace Derrick Henry too because you have Adrian Peterson and a backup running back competing to yeah. replace Derrick Henry and it just I, they, I said, I don't think I they, said that that. they would be lucky if they got 60% of Derrick Henry from Adrian Peterson but now it's like yeah. they're using Adrian Peterson Jeremy McNichols and Deontay Foreman last week so like yeah. That's going to be tough if you're trying to get 60% of Derrick Henry from all three of those guys. You're not playing any, like, and I say this, by the way, as somebody that is probably going to have to AP, play AP in a couple redraft leagues this week. If you have to play Adrian Peterson, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So there you go. Yeah, we're not, we're not interested in playing that game. It does, it does, um, it's mildly tempting. I mean, Mark Ingram's 14 bucks, but like you said, I think it's just, I'm passing on that. And AJ Brown is $27 is in an interesting range for wide receivers. And there's so much volume going his way, but it just feels like there are better plays on the board this week. And and just trying to avoid that game in general. Uh, okay. Uh, TJ closing thoughts on the week. I, I, I think you play, Find your flag plants and um, make sure that you aren't trying to cover every basis this week because we have so much salary available to us that it's going to be uh, really tempting. So make sure you just narrow down that player pool and uh, and then stick to those guys. There we go. Well, all right. That is going to do it for us. If you listened to if you found this on the Yahoo Fantasy forecast feed, uh, TJ, tell the people where they can check out the DFS MVP offerings. Uh, DFS MVP, you're listening to this Saturday tomorrow, uh, which is Sunday morning. You can check out the DFS GPP last look. That's on our subscriber-only Discord every Friday on YouTube and on our podcast feed. We do a full overview of the entire slate um, for DFS. And then Mondays, our cash game review on YouTube. You can check that out as well. Awesome. And if you found this via the DFS MVP feed, make sure you check out the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm on two episodes a week. And in addition to this one, the Sunday recap with Liz Lowe's and a pretty cool midweek stats-based episode with Dalton Del Don. Uh, so make sure you go subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that is going to do it for us. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB on Twitter. That's at TJ Hernandez. Check out the whole crew at Yahoo Fantasy. We're out.